Welcome to Lady T Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Tamika, and I'm bringing you stories of triumph and inspiration. Today's guest is a PhD candidate, first-time author of So You Want to Be a Nurse, a university professor, entrepreneur, CEO of a vocational school named Fihi, the talented Miss Amira Clements. Welcome, Amira. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me, Tamika. No problem at all. So you just came back on a trip from Puerto Rico. Tell us about it. Puerto Rico was an amazing trip. It was more than I expected because I want we usually have a family vacation that we go on in June with a bunch of me, my sister, her kids, my kids, me. But this year we were celebrating a few milestones and other things. So we wanted to do something a little bit different than just going to the beach. So probably back in the winter, we all got together for a family game night, and we decided to go out of the country. Even though Puerto Rico is U.S. territory, it's still on an island outside of the U.S. So we originally we wanted to um, go to Panama, but it was like 15 or 20 of us, and like only a handful of us had passports. So we decided to go with Puerto Rico. We didn't really know what to expect because, you know, it wasn't something that we really thought out, planned, researched, or anything like that. We just knew that we were going to go somewhere on an island with the family. We were celebrating 20-year birthdays for a couple people. One person graduated from nursing school. Right. Um, I got I got accepted to the PhD program with a fellowship, new relationships. There was quite a few things that we were celebrating. So it was a big thing that we talked about for months, but we didn't we never really did any research on a trip to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is a beautiful, amazing place to visit. Mm. And we We've been talking about it ever since. We can't wait to go back and, you know, do things a little bit different, but it was awesome. It was fun from from beginning to end. We were there for seven days, and every day was filled with adventure. So Nice. So what were some of the things that you and your family did? So the first thing we did, the first day we got there, we went to the beach, and we were like mesmerized by the color of the water, the the sky next to the water and the beach. It was just beautiful. But some of the things that were memorable was that Puerto Rico has this beautiful rainforest that has waterfalls that mm-hmm. you know you can go swim. We got some amazing pictures, especially my um, two sons. They actually got in the water. It was even though it was in the middle of the well, it was right before the summer, but it was hot. But the waterfall was too cold. I was not getting in that water. But my, my sons got in the water um, at the water, at the in the rainforest and the waterfall. That was beautiful. We visited Old San Juan, where um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's uh, the original city where all of the buildings are different colors, bright colors like blue, orange, red, green. Yeah, it's almost um, like a pastel light. Tent. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cobblestones in the street are 
the royal, like a royal blue color. Yeah. It was just uh, amazing. It was just a lot of things to do. That's one of the things that stuck out to me. Like you, there was never a day where you had to think really hard on what to do. It was like clubs and places to eat. And if you just wanted to, you know, just sit on a bench and look at the sky or whatever, it was just something to do everywhere. But the two, the two major things that we did was when we went to the rainforest, to, we went to Isla Verde Beach, the kids did jet skis, jet skis, and I got on a banana boat. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was almost, almost like I was on jet skis because the boat that was pulling us was so fast. We fell off. I thought I was going to drown in the ocean, but when I was in that water, I was like, oh, but it was fun it was fun nice so mm. i know that you are a vegan so how was that finding like food places to eat you know and being well it was it was two three of us that well two vegans and one vegetarian it wasn't difficult if there was um there was a lot of there's a lot of traditional Puerto Rican dishes that are just either vegetables or vegetable and grains. Like um, there was one place we went to eat that they had rice and onions, and I'm, I'm not sure how it was prepared. I know it was vegan, but it was just, it almost seemed like very basic, but it was delicious. Mm-hmm. It was who would have thought that rice and, and onions would have been that good? Um, we had pasta and red sauce, we had plantain, uh, a lot of vegetable dishes, but for the most part, if we went somewhere that wasn't necessarily vegan friendly, we just put together uh, side dishes and, you know, where we went, they were more than willing to allow us to do that, but believe it or not, the people in Puerto Rico, a lot of the people in Puerto Rico are very health conscious, very much into fitness, there was a lot of people that were, like, a lot more by comparison to the to the to the land, the mainland, yeah. there's a lot more people that are like physically fit and into aesthetics. So that being said, it wasn't hard to find like a place that just sells plant based foods. But because there were so many of us, we couldn't just go into a place that sells plant based, and you know that was it because we had to go with the majority, not the minority. Yeah. But yeah, we didn't have. It wasn't too too much trouble, so okay. not bad. I I would expect people to be health conscious, kind of, because beach bodies, you know. Right, and it's like summertime all year long there, so yeah, so you gotta, gotta always be tight. on point. Hey, <laughs> mm-hmm. you keep it right. So you mentioned mm-hmm. a new relationship, so mm-hmm. I, I really would like for you to elaborate on that. Are you in a new relationship? I am in a new-ish relationship. I guess it's new. It's, it's been almost a year. Okay. It's been almost a year, but it was a reconnection. It wasn't something that, like, we knew each other years ago growing up in Philly. We lived on the same block back in the 80s. I still stayed in touch with his family. I was friends with more than one person in his family. Actually, we, we reconnected through his support of my nonprofit organization like he was a regular uh, donator to my nonprofit organization and one day we just started uh, chatting we ended up going out and the rest was history from there do you see a future with him 
Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Great. We have a, a lot, a lot in common. A lot in common. Awesome. So mm-hmm. speaking of your nonprofit organization, tell me about your vocational school. CIHE, spelled C-I-H-E, correct? Yeah, CIHE is short for the Cultural Institute of Health and Education. CIHE is a vocational school for health careers. It is a entry-level program for people who are interested in healthcare but can't really, either can't afford to pay for school, pay for college, for nursing, or one of the uh, one of the uh, higher education programs, and also people who are not sure about, they're sure that they want to be in healthcare, but not sure what exact career they're looking for. So this will get them in the door of a hospital, doctor's office, nursing home, and through experience and mentorship, they can decide, okay, well, I've seen this job, I want to do this job, and I can build it on top of what I already learned. So our program is, It teaches part medical assistant, part nursing assistant. The students also get certified. We certify them. They get certified as a patient care tech, phlebotomist, and EKG technician. So with the certification that we give them, they can work in a plethora of areas in healthcare, again, at entry level. Nice. That's impressive. And this Mm -hmm. was a school that you decided to do, you know, where did you draw your motivation to do this? So CIHI, the idea for CIHI was born out of my own personal healthcare career journey, coming from a very poor family in Philadelphia. I came from a disabled mother and an absent father. I did in high school. I did really well in sciences, which is well known that if you're good at sciences and will do well in healthcare. So I was coached and mentored to go into healthcare, but because I didn't know about financial aid, because of course back in the eighties, you know, growing up in Philadelphia back in the eighties and nineties, there weren't a lot of African Americans flocking to college like it is now. So the college idea was esoteric to many of the people that I grew up with. So I didn't know like what to do to get into college. So I decided to do a vocational program much like the one that I have now. What I did was I trained to be a medical assistant. And as a medical assistant, I worked in a variety of different areas. I worked in doctor's offices. um, I worked in hospitals. And I worked for uh, the city of Philadelphia in public health. And I worked at Health District 5 where there, it's kind of like a big community center that they do a lot. They, they provide a lot of health services. And I worked in the phlebotomy department. I worked in pharmacy. I worked in OBGYN, PEDS, adult health. And I did a lot. And it was the director who asked me, why wasn't I a nurse? Why didn't I go to nursing school? Because she said, you know, I feel like you know more than the nurses because you're so well-rounded. And I said, well, I didn't have money to go to nursing school, and I don't didn't know how to do it. So she walked me through going going to CCP, applying for financial aid, and starting to take my prerequisites towards nursing. And because I was so well versed in healthcare, nursing school was kind of like a breeze for me. Yeah. And 
when I was in nursing school, I used to think, you know, because so many doors started to open, I started to become eligible for scholarships and different programs and things like that. I started to think, like, how can I help other people the way that I was helped getting to where I was in nursing school? So the idea of CHE was all the way back to my initial CCP community college education. That's how far back it goes, which is probably almost 20 years, 2004. So almost not quite four years shy of 20 years ago. Um, or two years, if you count, you know, when I first entered nursing school. So, but when I was in nursing school, I don't know if you want me to get into that, but when I was in nursing school at CPT, so many doors opened for me because I was such a good um, student, because I was so well-rounded from being introduced to a lot of healthcare or health career-like jobs. So... I was approached by uh, one of the program directors at, at CCT, and I was invited to participate in a research study for minority students. And the research study was to show that the reason why African Americans don't succeed in level or in the same degree as white students is because doors aren't intentionally, like we don't have the doors intentionally opened like they do. So this one um, professor over at Jefferson wrote this research grant from, uh, wrote a grant for research money from the National Institutes of Health, and she got something like a quarter of a million dollars to run this project. And I was invited in to the project based off of my academic performance in nursing school. Nice. And what they did was it gave me the opportunity to take a bachelor's level class and a master's level class while I was at CCT. And I was also with the community college of Philadelphia. And while I was there, I was like groomed and mentored and walked through a lot of things that would I would have never known existed. Wow. And through that program, I was I was offered to do another program, much similar to the one that I'm started in the fall, where they offered me a full scholarship for my bachelor's degree with a monthly stipend to complete my bachelor's degree at um Jeff. So I had a full scholarship for my bachelor's degree, and I um did all my clinicals with Jeff and through CCP, and then CCP at the time had a program called Grow Your Own so that they can groom their own professors. So the day, like the week before I graduated from my master's degree, because I went to Jeff for my bachelor's degree with the scholarship, and through the position that I was working at, they paid for my master's degree. And the moment, the week before I finished my master's degree program, I was offered a job at CCT. So I went directly from school to work at the school that I attended. So I was groomed to be a professor. And all of that said was that the research that was being conducted actually was had a positive outcome to for the people that participated. So that's how I ended up becoming a professor. I love that, you know, people saw the spark in you. You know, they nurtured it. So now with Sihi, you are essentially doing the same thing. 
Right. I'm doing the same thing for people that was done for me. I, you know, I'm offering mentorship and, and grooming for those who are interested in health careers. And then you wrote a book. Yes, I wrote it. So You Want to Be a Nurse is actually uh, available on Amazon. The funny thing about the book, if I can get into that for a minute, is that the book was born out of two things. One of the things that, one of the part for me writing the book was that I started writing an autobiography because I have a guy, and this is funny because I have a guy that um, he used to work for H&R Block. He has his own tax business now, but he's been doing my taxes since through all of these journeys that I just told you about growing up. He, did, he started doing my taxes when I was early in my medical assistant career. So he's been doing my taxes from a medical assistant to working for the city, then going back to school and becoming a he So he, because of my tax returns, he knows my life. And he's also an author. And he once asked me, can I write your life story? Can I write a book about you? And it made me think, like, yeah, there should be a book written about me, but I don't want somebody else to write it. So I started to write an autobiography probably five years ago, mm-hmm. but it never really went anywhere. I still have the, the manuscript. It's, it's still scripted out. But because Tihi, I started to develop Tihi in 2015, and things financially things wasn't going the way I expected them to go. So I started to like do some soul searching and meditating and trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to try to get some passive income? Because I, you know, I was learning about finances and how to have different sources of income. And one of the easy things to get passive income was to write and sell a book. So I need, I wanted some passive income to help me with CD and I knew that an autobiography wasn't something that I could put together really quickly. So, and plus I wouldn't want the autobiography about myself to be the first book I put out because I wanted to learn a process first. So I started to write a book and I was like, what can I, what can I easily write a book on? And I was watching YouTube videos and getting inspiration from other people. And I watched this guy on YouTube and he was saying, is there something that you know how to do or that you do all the time that you could put together? and make you know make it a, a book that you can sell and one of the things that i do all the time as a full professor is i help students who are struggling who are struggling in nursing school by giving them tips and little tricks and things like that and mentoring them through the things that are important so that was my aha moment put it all together in a book, put these conversations that you've had in a book. I wrote the book in like less than a month. And then I was like, okay, well, now what do I do? I don't know how to publish. I don't want, I don't have any money to get a publisher. So I was just so happy to be talking to a friend about it. And she knew a business coach and I talked to this business coach and she walked me through the process because she had published the book for her son. So she walked me through the process of, self-publishing. So the book was written in April, published in September. So it was a really, it was a really quick process, but it was, it was actually kind of fun. It was more than I expected that I needed to do, but it was fun. I learned a lot and now I know how to do it again when I'm ready to actually finish my autobiography. 
nice. And hopefully you will continue to put out, you know, book with nursing content as well, you know. Yeah, I actually have another book, that I, another manuscript on nursing. Um, well, it's a book about nursing that I started. So, so I have two books that are in the works. Okay. Nice. I love it because nursing, as you know, for students, is very difficult. And as you were, it's yes. how challenging the workload can be. And, you know, mm-hmm. with nursing, no matter how smart you are, exactly. you know, it's a challenge, you know. And what I used to tell my students, you know, I used to teach not on a university level, but, you know, I used to tell my students, you know, we're changing how you think. And, yeah, exactly. And that will make you think you're stupid, <laughs> but it's not. It's right. changing, you know, the way that you think about something, which is really difficult for a lot of people. Right, exactly. Okay, so PhD candidate, author, entrepreneur, anything else I'm missing about Miss Amira Clements? I mean, you've got it all here, you know? Awesome. Mm, Except that I'm a mother and a daughter, but... (laughs) So how do people reach you? Like, you know, I'm pretty sure the listeners are like, wow, this woman is great. I want to buy her book. I want to check her out. So where can they find you? What's your contact info? Well, to find out about CEHE, I have a website. Um, It is the CEHE.org. That is T-H-E-C-I-H-E.org. Um, that is my website for the vocational program. For the book, the book is available as a paperback on Amazon. It is called Zulu. That's, uh, my book is available there or uh, hardback. I can be reached, Amira, A-M-I-R-A, 04RN, at gmail.com, and most of my my author contact goes through there. I actually have a lot of promo stuff with that that contact on there. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Mira Clemens. I am on Instagram, Miracles, which interesting, interestingly enough, Miracles is in my name, like it's part of my name. Nice. I don't know if you put my name, <laughs> if you put my name together, so Miracles is... Um, my name on Instagram. Yeah, that's my most of my content. So the platforms that I choose to post on, mm-hmm. namely Instagram, Facebook, um, I also plan to post on my podcast mm-hmm. platforms as well. But the platforms that I'm allowed, I definitely will have the contact information listed mm-hmm. inside, you know, for people to reach out to you. You know, sky's the limit for you. You're doing everything, you know, to high level. And I just wish you continued success. I think you're doing amazing things. And I would love to see you continue to grow, continue to be that inspiration to other people as you always have been. Thank you. I am on that mission. That's that's where I'm headed. It's not for selfish gain at all. Yeah. Okay, you are listening to Lady T Speaks Podcast.